Hey guys, uh, my name is Jake Choi. I'm an actor. Uh, I am single like a Pringle and I'm ready to mingle. So uh, hit me up um, and uh, you are watching the points of experience. We're going to talk about this during the episode. We already did talk about it, but when I met Jake, Jake Choi, our guest coming up, I couldn't have known somebody. I've never seen like someone like physically seen someone at the precipice of like an explosion. I I could see it like in just his eyes that this person was going to blow up to do amazing things. And it was on some, you know, we'll talk about it. We talk about it on the show. Get ready to listen what this project was, but I got to meet Jake and really for the first time see somebody who was an artist to their core, in and out hardworking about, you know, capitalizing on all the facets of the on-camera industry um, or the theatrical acting aspect because he he primarily does TV and film. He's done theater before, but Jake, he has been on so many shows, Law & Order, Unforgettable, Broad City, Younger, The Mysteries of Laura, Lethal Weapon, Difficult People, Meet Ugly, Hawaii Five O, Succession, yeah, Eastsiders, which I believe is like a web series show, but he, The Magicians, American Housewife, where he had a recurring character, American Horror Stories, and he is one of the lead characters on the hit show, Single Parents, one of the funniest comedies that I've ever seen in my life. Uh, if you haven't seen the show and you're interested in comedy, uh, from some of the minds like Liz Merriweather, who did New Girl, you need to watch this show. It is brilliant. And his performance yeah. as Miggy is exceptional. He is one of the funniest actors I've seen amongst these heavyweights. Like, it's just crazy. And um, we get to talk to him. We're lucky. I mean, just, just such a chill dude, man. Um, down to earth as hell. Just yeah. hardworking. Just- we didn't get to talk about this, but I remember... There was a moment because he had a long hair and uh, he worked on a couple projects with me that was I was creating and he was lucky enough to say, yeah, I'll do what you're doing. Um, and I remember he had really long hair and at the time I had really long hair and I, you know, like not at the, not that I was emulating him by any means, but yeah. I remember he cut his hair and I was like, dude, did you cut your, like, did that help? And he's like, you know, I just wanted to be considered for more roles and stuff. And then I was like, all right. Maybe I should cut my hair and like, you know what I mean? Like, but I, I kept looking and he also has tattoos and I have tattoos yeah. and I was like, dude, like what, like, how do you cover these up? Like how, like, what do you do? And he just kind of like, not that we're at all even like the same type, but you know, we're both kind of charismatically funny right. and I was just able to learn so much about him. He's like, dude, don't worry about the tattoos. They'll figure it out. They'll cover it up. He just put me at ease because he had gone through those moments of like worrying about your hair, worrying about your tattoos, worrying about getting this job, you know, X, Y, and Z, worrying about the agencies. And we get to talk with him and we go over all these things. We talk about his process into getting cast on single parents. We talk about how he got into this, how, how he had a vastly different career before he was even doing acting, kind of making his first breakthrough moments. And kind of the whole experience of, of getting on a hit television show. I think this is one of the most informative episodes. If you're interested in doing on-camera acting, if you're interested in comedy, then you are going to be pleasantly surprised by all the information and the real truthful, heartfelt experiences of what it's like to you know go through pilot season, go through testing, and, and to getting cast on a show. Because he did it against the odds, um, and he really worked his ass off to get there. Um, 
know, and before they get to the episode, what, say again, Joe. Uh, no, no, I was just I had a crazy idea as you were speaking. Uh-huh. But uh, what if uh, one of our listeners takes a lot of the advice that uh, you know from the stories that are told on the podcast, and what if we interview them after they get some success from it? I would love that. I think okay. that would be the ultimate, the ultimate dream. We can. I think uh, let's anyone you streamer, know, voice actor, uh, regular actor. Well, I don't want to say regular. I, I don't want to. We're all actors. You. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you're saying. Regular, Listen, if you, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <A> physical <laughs> actor. <laughs> yeah, not know. an AI bot. <laughs> um, if you're somebody who's who's learned anything from here and you've been able to propel your career, please write in. And you can also write in your questions, which we had on this show to info at pointsofexperiencepodcast dot com. And it's also an un- another wonderful time to let people know about reviewing us and uh, subscribing and hitting the like button and all those things you can do to help us get the word out there to other people so they can learn from other amazing artists, storytellers, whatever faction of this industry they're in. Um, oh, and guest y- requests. Yeah, guest requests are big too. If there's someone you'd like us to have on, please email us and let us know. Or comment like in the social media stuff too. We're, we're, we're listening and we're watching. Uh, <laughs> <Close>. <laughs> Uh, but gosh, everybody stay tuned for one of my favorite episodes we've got to do so thus far. As an actor myself, I learned so much, uh, and getting to know Jake better was an absolute treat. So stick around. The Points of Experience podcast with Jake Joy coming right up. All right, dude, so walk me through those earrings right now. Can you go, can you come up close? I got to see this up close here. So, Are they, okay, the shotting gun. Yes, yes, yes. Wait, you know what kind of shotting gun these are, right? That's you not know? the manga kill. That's the um uh 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 the Susano. That's the uh um after what's it goes? Oh gosh, it goes the first time. What is like what is the form names? Because manga is when it spins into the the three the so it's, that's it's shotting gun, right? Yes. And like when you have the three tomos, like three, yes, three, and then it's the manga kill gun, and then the eternal. Is that so? Yeah. What's that? The Eternal. This is Madara's EMS. Oh. <laughs> this, this is this is Madara's. Like I'm, cause I don't, I'm pretty sure this is not the manga kill. I'm pretty sure this is EMS. Because, no, yeah. Because only Madara and Sasuke has ever had EMS out of any of the Uchiha characters. Because oh you, you got you got to take your you got to take someone else's. Yeah, uh, the eye in order to or, get the EMS. Yeah, but this is Madara's. Yeah. Man, one of the the greatest anime series of all time. I'm so happy that you've become this like super huge fan of Naruto. Yeah. I I remember when we were first talking about it and we talked about it last time we hung, but like it's one of those series where I had a friend who was going through like a deep depression and yeah. literally like like not that I'm trying to play like psychologist or therapist or anything like that, but I was like, dude, start watching Naruto in addition to like doing a billion things and I guarantee you would change your life. And literally this person like went on a deep dive and now they're like, it's like, it was like, Oh my gosh, just having this series in my life has changed me. Is that like, I feel like it's done that for you in a way. Absolutely, man. You know, there, cause you know, there are so many elements and themes that, um, uh, they explore that's deep. It's very positive. Um, uh, and uh, very even relevant to this day, you know. Um, there's a YouTuber named, uh, the page name is like Sage's Rain, like Sage's Rain, and um, he does uh, like breakdowns of like Haku and Zabuza, uh-huh. you know, Itachi and Sasuke, like uh, Naruto's like um, 
uh, hard-nosed like stubbornness and heroism, like whatever. And he has a great voice too. But hmm. the Aku and Zabuza one immediately made me cry because <laughs> he was like, because basically, you know, he was talking about how Zabuza could come off as as this predator who was using Haku as a weapon, but it, when you when you keep watching through Naruto, you see that Zabuza always loved Haku. Mm. You know what I mean? Like he always saw him as a better version of Zabuza, and he never wanted to taint him. That's why yeah. he never let Haku, um, like, hurt anybody. Because he was like, "You're the pure. You're you're like the 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 version that I could never be." Because I'm I'm tainted. You know what I mean? Mm. And uh, he 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 loved Haku like a like a like a brother. So like, dude, I'm telling you, man, Naruto gets deep. Naruto gets so deep, man. You know? What is your what is your favorite either not necessarily arc but moment in the series? Like, do you have a, a part or like a fight or an interaction in the series? Like, Where I'll give you my. What did I, I I know, but I, like for me, I mean, obviously that whole that initial uh, uh, Zabuza fight with like Sasuke and Naruto when they first are learning to do the like the Shuriken Shadow Clone, like yeah. that for me, like that always stick in my mind as like one of the top moments. And then uh, obviously the Jiraiya uh, moments when he's like right before like that last fight of his that'll oh. stick in my mind for a long time. Oh, and yeah. uh, the pain arc, I think the pain like that whole. Yeah arc for pain like that was deep on me because that whole speech that pain gives to naruto when naruto's in sage mode and he um pain has naruto pinned on the ground with the uh the black rods yeah and naruto's like helpless and um naruto's like why are you doing this you think this is right and pain says well you you know your village and the other villages use us as a war field, as a battlefield, and a lot of my people suffered and died, and you guys are living in wealth, and 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 you guys are living comfortably. Um, so who who's right and who's wrong here? You know, like mm. I'm, I I want a world that will never know pain like that, no more wars, and 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 this is the way to go about it. And for the first time ever, Naruto was silent. He, remember yeah. how he goes, I don't, I have nothing to say to that. Yeah. Up in the like, right when he it, that's yeah, 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 yeah. I remember, oh my gosh, such a yeah. it, this is one of those series yeah. where even with Madara, Madara like when he, he's trying to do the infinite Tsukunomi, like the like it was the first time I ever in storytelling. Obviously, there's been great villains throughout history that have been crafted, but it was the first time where I didn't really look at a villain as necessarily a bad person. I always mm-hmm. just looked at it as, as somebody who sees their ideals differently than the rest of the the way the rest of the world does, or the like the global positive majority. So, like, I was like the first. I'm like, oh, this is just somebody trying to find a different solution that, like, morally most of the people don't agree with because you know there's some people who could say yeah sure let's all live in an illusion and never experience like pain and heartache and suffering and traumatic loss and naruto i mean with pain they do it over and over and over again in creating these villains and as as a storyteller as an actor as an artist it really like helped me whenever i'm playing like somebody who's not necessarily like you know right down the narrow path has like moments where they're um and for me in voice acting it happens all the time there's characters that aren't necessarily um you know they're, they're not always uh, even if they are a good person they might not always have good intentions uh all the time sometimes it's selfish or or but you know you to see things from like why does this person you know do this bad thing 
mm-hmm. perceived. Mm-hmm. It's I think it's just one of those shining examples of a brilliant storytelling uh, uh, piece of art. Yeah, Kishimoto is a straight up genius. I don't use that word a lot, mm. um, and you have to appreciate his uh, care and um, time and energy that he put into the characters uh, and their backstory because Madara, yo, legendary villain, right? But that whole arc with him and Hashirama mm. explains why, how he got to that point and you realize Madara just wanted war to stop. Yeah. He just wanted to take care of his family, his, you know, his younger brother and wanted to create a village with his best friend Hashirama um, and they can live in peace. And then, you know, people have seen the series that doesn't happen because uh, uh, people don't trust him. And, you know, the Uchiyas were really like oppressed. They were um, shunned. Uh, and it's like, not, that's not Madara's fault. And so Madara said, okay, well, then I, I need to go out and create the world uh, that I want in my own way. And the world that where no one takes advantage of anyone, everyone's living in their own dreamland. Mm-hmm. So, but, you know, like his heart was in the right place, but it's not, first of all, legally, you can't do that. And then, you know, yeah, like morally, ethically, like it's very questionable, right? Yeah. Um, but speaking of Madara, man, one of my favorite moments is when he steps up to that cliff for the first time and shows his like, his, his body to the to the whole Shinobi Alliance. Remember, he's in the cliff like this. Yes, hair is like, wait, uh, uh, just like in the wind, just waving. Yep. And he jumps down, and he literally runs through all of them. <laughs> that fight scene, because that the, the the animation and choreography of that fight scene is just epic, man. Yeah, you see, you they pull out wide, and you just see him go, and everyone just just like. All the ninjas are just like kind of flying because he's just beating the shit out of them. And yeah. then you see his eyes go bing, 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 the shining gun. And then you see where all the like the people are trying to come and attack him and he's catching everything. Yep. And you're like, we waited 700 episodes to see Madara finally. You know, know. what I mean? That, um, whole, that whole thing is just, uh, and even like the final, well, I guess that is right there, like those final, like, uh, like with Guy. When he fights, uh, oh like God. that whole moment, uh, eight, 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 um, uh, might guy, yeah, might guy, his the who gets guy, to the gates, guy, right? night, night guy, guy, yeah, 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 yeah. God, like right. that's a, again another huge. Uh, I mean, God, oh, we could dude. we could sit here and talk about this series for the whole episode, but I'm glad we're going to need like multiple multiple episodes. So yeah, <laughs> but what anime are we talking about? I know, I know, I know. I, I want to get back to this. I'm sure we'll circle back one way or another, but I want to get to talking about you and for everybody here who. Who, um, doesn't know you or is is been a fan I've been I, since I've known you I have been a fan of yours since the first time that we met doing we were just talking about this the sci-fi series uh, what was it called uh, Col- school school spirits right school, school spirits school I thought it was like college yeah. something but we did this thing um, way different yeah, it was, yes. it was um, School Spirits, a sci-fi. It was like a semi-reenactment, but also scripted acting yeah. kind of show that we met on, man. That was my first ever, like, big non-indie project. My first ever 
it was it was it was like a big deal like network yeah like network television yeah. for me i mean we talked yeah. about this when, when we hung out last but i thought this was going to be a like a way different scenario for me i mean you had a character that you were basically basing your performance on you know there was somebody a real person who you were yeah. playing that yeah Game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah. I thought that was going to be a similar situation for me, which was not the case. But I got to sit and watch people like you and I got to see like, I'm like, OK, these are some people who are, you know, putting in the work here. And I remember specifically looking at you and being like, OK, this person's this person's talented. And me, you know, coming from this like starving mentality of being like, I got to I got to be around the people who are talented. Yeah. I got to be around the people who are, you know, uh, so, you know, just trying to do my own job of being good and being funny right, and right, at right. the moments that I can to be like okay yeah. listen I'm here to play too guys you know like let me <laughs> like so and I remember that's how we connected yeah man we did that was I think our group scenes were the, my favorite scenes you know what yeah. I mean me you remember Jason Brock uh, Nick, Nick Nick Teddy Nick that Teddy was, I remembered his name yeah Nick Teddy because that was they're based on a real group of friends yeah remember and um, yeah I had just done mostly like I had just trained at Strasbourg, mostly in theater, a few years before that, and then took other classes at different studios. Did did a few indie films, did like a play, and that was what twenty. When was that? Twenty twelve. Twenty twelve, maybe. Yeah, twenty twelve. Right, right. As soon as I moved to the like city, a year out of like school. Yeah, and I was like, listen, I'll do anything. I was, I was auditioning for every play, every indie film, everything I can do. But I was like, this, wow, this is... I, I wasn't used to the director only being the director. I was used to, like, being on a set where, like, the director was a DP and also the sound guy. And, like, you know, you your crew was five people deep. This was a real production. Yeah. And so, you know, like you said, I wanted to bring the best work. You know, I don't want to embarrass myself. Mm. Um, and, and you're right. There were some real legit actors on that set, like you're, you, yourself included. Um, it, 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 it felt some, like something that could be real, you know. And, and yeah. you know, people watch that show. Like a lot of people hit me up from that uh, that, that episode. That and, was uh, yeah. It, you were you were so good in it, and I. I instantly knew that like, I'm like, okay, this person's going to go on to kick ass. Like there's no doubt in my mind. And I, and it's been so fun to watch you like just kind of achieve a different, like, like go into like different forms, like freaking Goku, man. Like you just kept like leveling up, dude. You just kept leveling up and it was so, uh, inspiring to me. I see you right there. Ultra instinct right there, dude. Oh Yeah. Uh, but I just kept seeing you kind of achieve those new levels. And for me, because you're a little bit older than me, but I kept like looking to you as like someone like, okay, this is how you do it. And I I, don't say you're public, you're, you're, I never, never would you kidding me. I've been 18 for freaking as long as people will know me. (laughs) I'm 18 for as long as it is, as long as they'll let me be. So, uh, you know, I just kept looking to you as someone who like, okay, this person knows what they're doing. Like, how can I watch and emulate and, and see like what their strategies are. And I even remember when you moved to LA, I was like, okay, that's a smart move. I'm like, how do I do this? And I kept, I remember hitting you up and I just kept like looking towards different ways you were maneuvering the world as an actor. Obviously I was doing a lot of production stuff at the same time. And then you were wound up working on a couple of my things 
very yeah. graciously and generously and it, because you're brilliant and you only increase the quality of what I was doing. But I want to go back to kind of, cause I don't know if I ever really, I mean, I obviously knew you grew up in New York and I knew all this stuff, but I'd love to get the kind of origin story of yours. Like I knew you grew up in Queens, right? And that's where you went to school and you were like, well, I know you started playing basketball. Can you talk me through like young years into getting into all this stuff to kind of that first move to be like, all right, I'm going to take this seriously as a profession. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm from Queens, Elmhurst, Jackson Heights, you know, to be exact. And, uh, before I ever really started playing sports seriously, I used to act in like school plays in middle school. Mm. Um, I, I didn't really want to, but I did because I was good. Like they would just, they would just be like, cause the way I, if I remember correctly, the way our teachers would cast us is they would have us read these plays in class and you know they would encourage us to kind of get get into it you know read it don't read it like it's a textbook read it and i used to just kind of have a crazy energy i guess and they were like oh okay you're you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna do this and you're gonna play this role and, and i used to hate it i just wanted to go out and like run around tumble in the in the mud and like pl- like play soccer and you know whatever and but i but i i I loved making people laugh. I loved storytelling um, when I wanted to do it. Uh, but then junior high school came along and my friend introduced me to basketball. And I was like, whoa, what is a sport? He showed me like a game, it was a Michael Jordan clip. And I was like, who is that? He's like, you don't know who Michael Jordan is? I was like, no, I don't. But he's he's like flying everywhere. He's like, yeah, man, this is basketball. He's the greatest player in the world. And so that's how I started playing basketball. And then I, he would bring me to the park. And you know, New York, you know, New York, like uh-huh. New York is a basketball mecca. There's there's a there's a basketball court outdoors like everywhere. Every block, so, every two blocks. Yeah, exactly, you know. And um, I started getting really good. I started getting really good, and uh, I started playing, you know, from for, for uh, CYO teams and AAU teams in junior high school. I played for my high school team. Um, and then I played a year at Brooklyn College, and then I went overseas, played in Korea, played for the best university there, played some semi-pro level basketball at, uh, for the uh, U.S. military team that was based in Seoul. And it's and then you know I went to Japan. I tried out. I tried out in front of Kobe Bryant's dad uh, one time. Um, what? And then and then the, I got two emails from the Japanese teams that I tried out for. Uh, and they said, if you, if we can sign you as a domestic player, we'll sign you and you'll be our point guard. Like, but, but I couldn't sign, sign as a domestic player because I, I don't have a Japanese citizenship. Mm-hmm. And so they said, we can't sign you as a foreign player because we, we're only allowed two foreign spots on our team. And those has, those go to the big centers. They're like six, eight, six, nine. You know yeah. what I mean? So I was like, then, then, I, then I can't play with y'all. Then you know, and they're like, yeah. So and then I, and then 2010 came along, and I was like, I quit, man. I'm done. Like, I don't want to do this anymore. I'm just so, I don't, I don't feel the passion for basketball anymore. I just lost it. Why do you think that is? What, what, what do you? Was it just kind of like the discouragement of like I can't get a citizenship to here, and I was gonna go play pro, and now I can't, and no. that. You know what it is like. Um, the, okay, 
the, the culture in Korea, because I was living in Korea most of the yeah. time I spent, you know, the culture in Korea when it comes to like athletics and like entertainment and stuff like that is, is can be pretty toxic. So that, that kind of made me lose the interest for basketball. Like it's very, can be very abusive and toxic mm. uh, more so than America. Um, cause there's like a hierarchy system. So the higher, so like the people that are above you can treat you like shit and you can't say, you can't do anything back to them, but you can treat the people under you like shit and they can't do anything back. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it kind of, you know, basketball or whatever you're pursuing is supposed to be fun. You're supposed to love it. Mm. And that's what you do it, especially something like sports. But it wasn't that. And um, so when I lost the passion, the hunger for it, I woke up one morning and I was like, I need to stop. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I can't keep going if I don't love it. Especially something like athletics that is very physical. Like, yeah. you, have, you have to spend eight hours a day training every day just to keep up with everybody else. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Um, it's not like it's act, acting is not like that there's nothing that you physically go to the gym to do eight hours a day every day you know what i mean like yes yeah from a like physical that. perspective yeah yeah like, like 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 you have to throw up 500 jump shots until you yeah. make it and then you go into the crossover and then you run like that's it's like a thing like a tangible yeah. thing that you do mm -hmm. yeah man so and and then you know i started taking acting classes there in korea because my ex-girlfriend at the time she was taking acting classes and I was like, wow, you know, I guess, you know, many years have passed since middle school. And now I felt so different about acting. And, um, you know, I kind of, I, I want, I want to do it because in high school, they used to always pressure me into doing plays for the, yeah. in, 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 at Newtown. And I never did it be, because I, like, I didn't want to, even though I, I knew I was good. They knew I was good. Yeah. I can do this, but I just didn't want to. And now after quitting basketball, I took a class and I was like, wow, this is so different from basketball, from athletics. This mm. is just, this is, what is this? Like, I feel good. I feel good when I'm doing these exercises and um, watching someone else just do, like the exercise can be like, hey, here, drink this hot cup of tea. Okay. Just drink that. Just drink the hot cup of tea. And you're just like, okay. But it's not hot. It's obviously not hot. But you're on the stage with this cup and, you know, and, and something about watching someone do it and you going up and you're doing it and talking about it after was really fun. It was so fun. There was no competition. Um, it's not winning. It's not about winning or losing. It was about uh, having fun and being truthful and honest um, and just... What's, what's the story you're telling you know like so you're having this hot tea but like why are you having it you ever thought of that are you yes. having it because you want to celebrate are you having it because you just been through something traumatic and you want to calm down then you would drink it in two different ways are you having this tea because because you're sick and this tea you know this tea is going to help you well then you would drink it different and i was like fucking bitch I tea because I, I you told me to drink the tea and he was like well and then the, the teacher was like well you know it, it, everyone d does a thing for a reason you just don't we, we don't we, we're we're not always conscious of it mm -hmm. right but as an actor you're you're conscious of what your character is doing you know that's a smart actor and so 
and you know that came also 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 the the, the thing that I want to bring up is that you know there's this question of well how is, how do you act drunk right the answer is why were you drinking in the first place why did you drink why are mm. you drunk mm. not not there is no yes or no it's why yeah if you're drinking to celebrate a big booking and acting booking you're gonna your drunk is a little different than if you're drinking because you just you lost your mother mm. as opposed to uh you're forced to drink because this big director you want to work with is having a party you don't want to be there but you're drinking you know what i mean that's a different drunk yeah you know what i mean because that uh, in, in those scenarios sometimes and it's, it kind of goes the same way for crying too when people say how do you cry oftentimes you're trying not to cry and when you're drunk oftentimes you're trying not to show that you're drunk so that's more of the action rather than like playing drunk and being sloppy you know if you're having a good time sure but more than times than not you're trying to like keep it together and like yeah you know, act you, like I, you're normal how many times do people go, well, I'm not drunk. You're yeah. drunk. It's like, they're, they're like they're, but they're drunk, obviously. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. No one, most people don't go, oh man. Yeah. No, you're absolutely right, man. I am so trashed right now. Yeah. Be completely like candid about it. You know? <laughs> yeah. Well, that's, I think, something that you get when you have a good acting teacher and good acting classes, they will illuminate these things that a, a lot of times in high school you see a lot of people or I've seen people that came from like a high school program I didn't come from a high school program so I didn't have like the the like the understanding of like what necessarily bad acting was but you saw a lot of people trying to display indicate what things were like being mm -hmm. angry like I'm really angry and I was mm -hmm. like why is this person like acting like that I didn't really yeah. understand yeah. it for me because I didn't have like that uh, exposure to uh, being rewarded for being so big, I guess, is yeah, a way of putting it. It's very indicative acting, you know. Yes. I mean, yeah, I didn't. I didn't. Yeah, you know, I, I, like I said earlier, I didn't go to high school for acting. Like I didn't act in high school. I I also didn't go to like these big programs like Juilliard and LaGuardia and Yale, Carnegie Mellon, you know, and what have you. Yeah. Uh, I just I've scraped up whatever money I could have. I I can scrape up and was like, well, where did all my favorite actors go to train? So, you know, and then, and then I made a list and, you know, it came down to like Strasburg, Adler, someone to Esper. And I was like, cool, like, I'll, I'll check those out. You know what I mean? And yeah. then I went there and then like, I didn't do these crazy like programs or four year programs and or even conser conservatories. I just, I was like, what can I afford? Yeah. And then let me keep going back and taking classes and whenever I have money. So who did you who did you wind up training with when you came back to New York? Who were like some of the teachers you started taking classes with? Um, off the bat, like the ones I remember are Lola Cohen mm -hmm. and um, um, Stephen Michaels, and then uh, Jan um, Jan Stevenson was my vocal coach. And so those three made a big difference in laying a strong foundation. That's uh -huh. true. Yeah, and then Lola also, we did a lot of physicality and animal work, which mm. was really awesome. It was so clutch, you know, and just to get out of your body and understand, like, animals and humans have a lot more in common than we think. Yeah. And um, animals express uh, emotions and actions and um, uh, uh, whatever they want to express 
in their own ways but if you if you take that and apply it to a character then the character can become more specific and specificity is always really good you know mm-hmm. what i mean um yeah did you did you notice that coming from playing basketball and being so kind of physical and athletic you were bringing a lot of that to you as like i feel like that allows you to be more in your body or have a better understanding of your physicality and also the mindset too of like taking something very seriously or being kind of you know while it's not the same as working out or doing 100 free throws you have to still have the focus and the discipline and the drive to learn how to become an actor or, or unlearn things and, and to really tell the truth. What do you think you kind of took from being in sports to your acting or how did that maybe affect what you were doing versus people you saw in your classes? I, I think I had an advantage that uh, because I came from a athletic background. So mm-hmm. no one, no one in my class came from like a university semi-pro level athletic background and the the thing is i so i already kind of honed and developed a work ethic because of sports um and repetition was very natural for me Mm. so and then also being physical like i understood my body not like perfectly but I understood my body and I knew how to move. I had very, I had, basketball takes very, very good coordination. Yeah. To be average. <laughs> I'm very coordinated. Um, and so if you give me movements to do, you know, I can, I can move and I can follow and, um, I don't have to think too much. You know, a lot of actors these days, well, I don't, I don't just in general, let's, for example, I did a movie last year um, and it was like an action, there was a lot of action and a lot of actors get, they want to intellectualize so much where they go, where if it's like, okay, I throw, I throw a jab, you hit it out, you throw a hook, I duck, I push it to the wall and then I take my gun and then instead of shooting you i'll go boom and then you you get hit it's yeah. very simple after a couple of times i'm like all right let's amp it up to 50 percent. but a lot of actors who are who only have acting training who come from theater and don't have a lot of physical experience they go uh, uh, uh wait hold on so so i go like this and then like this right and then and then you just see them trying to like work it out in their head and it's very hard because the physical part is not following what they know and what they want to do in their head yeah and then and then you're just like and also i guess you know i i grew up i got into a lot of fights as a kid i got into a lot of fights so you know i'm just like let's just do it man like look if you get hit if you get hurt it's you know like we'll just learn from that it's not it's not that deep yeah yeah. but a lot of actors go but why am i why am i throwing like this (laughs) you know like what's the and it's like it, it just doesn't help anybody you know like sometimes you just gotta go all right like what what's what's real what what feels authentic what you know and let's work this out let's rehearse and um not not try to intellectualize it but let's just feel it let's just feel it out you know and that goes that goes with scenes that goes with 
scene work you know a lot of actors out there who are you know trained you know nyu yale whatever whatever they get they don't want to feel they want to think yeah they want to think through scenes and through dialogue and sometimes you can't you can't do that you have to feel you have to be instinctual and you know do you do you do your homework but be present and i think um Questions are good. I love questions. I ask so many questions, but at the end of the day, you gotta, you gotta trust what you're feeling. Yeah. Not what you're thinking, because then now you're in your head, and you know, you, you can people can see that from a mile away, whether you're doing a play or you're watching on a screen. Yeah, I think you said so much there. Uh, number one, the thing is when speci- specifically from like a choreography st- a standpoint, where you're doing kind of like fight scenes and like that uh, anything that is physical if an actor doesn't have any experience like that because i think a lot of people grow up and they're obsessed with either like musical theater or they they like you know they they like the idea of acting but when i think the people who find the most success as actors are people who have lived experiences and have all these different traits and things they can bring to the table and they know how to be in their body because standing and talking and sounding like looking pretty and sounding pretty is only a very small fraction of the jobs and I don't think it's going to be that easy for you to find success just doing those things a lot of things require you to be able to to you know understand your body use your body and uh, not just do kind of talking head type of stuff and then and then also what you're saying about trusting your instincts because like you said everybody wants to like work out what they're supposed to feel and then achieve whatever the written thing is that you're, you know, it's like, okay, at this moment, I need to be this rather than just doing the scene and seeing what happens when you say the words, because a good writer will lay the blueprint for you there and it'll, it'll get you somewhere. And and there's no right or wrong in acting. It's not like if you don't hit this certain mark, it's not right. It's like your version of that could be just as beautiful as whatever somebody else is doing. That's completely different. So I, I totally resonate with, with all that stuff. So when you, you're, you're taking these classes, what was the, what, what, what was the dream at that point? Like, okay, I'm not going to do basketball. Do I want to do TV and movies? Or what was kind of like the idea you saw for yourself as a career? When, what was the vision for you in, in terms of being an actor? Doing theater, TV, film, mm-hmm. like all three. Yeah. That's what I thought the dream would, was, and I, that's what I thought every actor did. I because I didn't know, <laughs> I didn't know there's such a separation. I, I didn't know that, like, you can't really get paid much doing theater only. <laughs> I did not know that. I thought, oh, okay, I, I can do plays and I can do some movies. And then back then, like, TV was like, huh, you know, yeah, TV yeah, like in demand right now. And I was like, all right, I'll do some TV too. But I want to act on stage because that was my, my training yeah you know what i mean i want to do these all these plays and i want to be on broadway and open up you know uh, these these theaters and then you know maybe you know to try this character from this play and that's what i wanted to do and you quickly learn that all these broadway actors are auditioning for commercials and tv and film because the 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 pay doesn't match the demand and the commitment that you put into a play as compared to TV and film. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, oh, interesting. Okay, but being in New York, uh, it's almost um, 
it to me it was such a it felt like a waste if i didn't do plays especially yeah. coming out of Strasbourg. I, you know in, in la might be a little little different than new york so yeah man i was i was um auditioning for everything everything i can audition for i did and whenever i could act i did you know one of my first plays was in the basement of an ethiopian restaurant in like health kitchen and those that that was some of the best times of my life mm-hmm. you know what i mean just, and 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 it was very um free-flowing like you like you you auditioned with a monologue and when they catch you they said hey you're gonna play this role but uh, you know one weekend they would be like hey during rehearsal they'd be like hey you want to play this character instead <laughs> and i'm like oh well let's let me just learn the lines and we'll rehearse and they were like all right cool and then you do you know what i mean yeah 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 like a high school jock the next day you're playing a scientist it was really fun it was a really fun time and i used to go to nyu like those like the tish buildings and then you know and those little rooms that's where i went to school and i did all that shit too man it was you know and these fucking directors are like 18 19 looking at you they're younger than they're you know younger younger than you and they're just as nervous Uh Uh, (laughs) gosh but you know those are fun times uh yeah, yeah. What about uh I mean gosh, the the memories of sitting in like those for the for the college student films type of stuff, like that to me is such an imprint in my mind of like the beginning of my acting career. Uh gosh, it's it's and yeah. again like it but New York Film Academy, man. I remember I remember waiting in New York Film Academy, you know, yeah. trying to for like a spec commercial. <laughs> Yeah. Oh gosh. I mean, I made so much of my, I think I learned how to act really truthfully for film and TV by doing Columbia student films. I did so many of them. I would, I was like, just worked into that system from having like auditioned and you'd like go and do the classroom scenes. I don't know if you ever did any any of those, like where you do like a workshop type of thing with the teacher. And then like, there's all these people are doing like student films about their life. So all the young guys are like, Oh great. Can you do mine too? Cause basically they're all writing themselves in whatever they're seeing are so i would just play like the younger version of every one of these students in uh the scenes which was so was so funny i, I remember um i did one of those for, for ccny mm-hmm. so ccny had a pretty cool pretty decent film uh department and they brought on this veteran director from like germany i forget her name but when i looked her up she was she was a pretty big deal so she was directing that class yeah it was for directors but they needed actors and i remember man she was so dope she would like smoke you know what i mean in the that, yeah yeah right <laughs> and she'd be like uh you know let me just stop and and just say one thing you know i don't really the, the, the actors because she would direct the actors too uh-huh. she was like you jake when these two in the front were having their scene, you were still in the back and you were still living. You were alive. You kept, you didn't just stop. You see the directors, that's a good actor. And I said, oh my God. Yeah. I said, you know what? I can die happy. That You know what I mean? Right. She, she did that. And, um, you know, that's important, right? Like if you're not in the forefront of the scene or you're you're not saying lines, you're in the background you still have to be living people don't stop doing what they're doing in real life just because like the, whatever you know they like because they're like oh this is not my scene like no yeah. one thinks that way you gotta keep living and um 
you're kind of a shining that. example of that. Go no, finish finish your point, and I'll make mine. No, I, I, just, I just I just I just want to say I remember that day like it was yesterday. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> you are kind of like a shining example in terms of that, and I and I remember, and it's so funny because I remember watching you when you did American Horror Story. I mean, this is obviously jumping a little further, but I remember there was a scene because I remember when that came out, I was like so excited for you. I remember they had like this promo thing, and it said like Jake Choi, and I was like, oh my yeah, dude, yeah. Jake is fucking doing this shit. Yeah, um, yeah. But I remember that came out. I remember watching that episode. And I just remember even a small moment, but it's a, t- a testament to kind of what you're talking about now. You're at like this dinner table, right? And there's like a scene where you're all eating dinner and like everybody else is talking. You have a couple of lines at this dinner scene, but every freaking moment you're connected to what everybody else is saying. And I remember there was a moment where you, like someone said something and you're like, oh, and I'm like that to me, no, like that's not written on the page. So-and-so snaps their fingers and points to somebody like that's not going to be written in the thing. And that's up to the actor to take that moment and be like, oh, I'm going to listen to everybody and I'm going to be engaged at every single moment. And no other, I'm sorry, like no other acting in the scene was doing like what you were doing. You were so invested in every moment. And I was like, that's why this guy is killing it. That's why this guy is as successful as he is, because that's what I think separates kind of these people who are teetering at this moment in their career where it's like, can I just break through the audition process and get to people to know me? It's how are you going to live through every moment, especially when you're holding sides in your hand and like people are giving you monologues and then it's your line, you know, one line, five lines. How can you make that interesting? And I just remember so vividly that moment for you in that show that it it sticks with me to this day. That scene... It's funny you 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 bring that up because that scene I did I ad libbed the line that they ended up using um where so we you know in the beginning of the scene I think we all go cheers like cheers to uh our friend who just booked an acting job yeah because he's an actor and then, and then, and then um some another character says hey don't forget us when you get big now don't forget the little people and then his, his the, the, the 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 actor's line is. Oh, stop. It's only like, it's only like seven lines. And then, and then, and then it's supposed to be someone else's line who changes the subject and goes, you know, by the way, like this dinner, whatever. So I remember thinking, well, we're making a big deal out of him getting an acting job. He goes, oh, stop. It's only seven lines. We don't know that. Like the the friends don't know that. And that's not a lot of lines. Yeah. So I think, and so in that moment, I was like, that's it? <laughs> well, it makes sense, right? Because yeah, 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 yeah. We're so close. And it's like, so I remember going like, yay, boom, you know, congrats. And he goes, oh, stop, it's only seven, it's only like seven lines. And I go, oh, that's it? <laughs> I remember <laughs> this. I remember. And yeah. Then looked, and, then, and then Ronan, the actor that played the actor, he looked, he looked at me. And you can tell, like he wanted to, he wanted to crack. Yeah. And then, and then you just see all the other actors. Now they're sitting up. Now all the actors. Now they're like, oh. Oh shit! What's he doing? You know, like, or are we like? And you have to be ready for those moments at any second. Like that's, oh gosh, that's such a great moment and an example. And isn't it so funny how? I mean, obviously there's some people who are like, you know, they they want to stay true to the script and the dialogue and whatever. There's certain directors that are very much like that. But a lot of a lot of writers aren't actors, and they're not going to know that moment that you're going to organically create. And that's what's so beautiful about improv. And they used it. Yes, and that's the that's the payoff. Right. So, Every so, uh, go ahead. 
Yeah, no, 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 go ahead, go ahead. I was going to say, the other actors, like you just said, were probably sitting around going, okay, the scene's about to be over as soon as he says this line. And then all of a sudden, right. you're like, no, there's another life here. And then they're like, you're just, everyone's probably like... Because it doesn't change the story, right? It doesn't change the events yeah. that are happening. It just... It's not distracting. It adds. Yeah. So if it adds, it's good. If it distracts, it's bad. So it, so what? what's the event that's happening, right? Celebrating him, he plays plays it off it's he's being humble that that's it oh but then it doesn't stunt the rhythm of the next person's line that comes in because it's like oh that's it anyways let's yeah. talk about but but you can but you know what I, and i was ad-libbing left and right at once once we did a we did a take with the the the, the scripted text I was like, okay, we got that. We got what was written. That you know, because I will. I always respect the text. You know, like that. The text is the, the blueprint. Yeah. But now I'm like, well, what what else can we do? Like, let's have some fun. So I was ad libbing this here and there, and they they used pretty much everything that I did because it was never my my intention to disrupt the rhythm or change the story. And and over time, when you try. I live the improv and you know you try your own you gotta take risks because you're not, because if you don't take risks and, and get certain things wrong you never know what's right mm. so so that is when I knew that okay I can try these things and then and then if the director doesn't want them she'll come and say you know what this take let's, let's, let's not try it and I go cool alright great I, I'd rather have that than someone someone going like don't don't do any of that yeah uh, you know what I mean and like it's okay if like Aaron Sorkin comes and goes like yo Jake I don't want any ad-libs because the way I wrote it like it's very specific like it's written like a play so every line is important please don't like change it yeah then I'll be like cool but then American Horror Stories is not Sorkin right like it's it's different it's written different it's different very different context so you know yeah and but but it's interesting because when I did that ad lib I didn't do it in the rehearsal I did it during the shoot during the actual take and and it forced the actors to now wake up mm-hmm. I think because the act it's easy f- to kind of because that scene was very easy that's, yeah. that's a, that was a very easy scene emotionally and, and in terms of text so it's easy to just go line 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 oh yeah line 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 yeah and then and then blah, blah, blah. And then and then now you just kind of like do the thing right yeah like almost but like because it's almost like um like auto but then if someone goes line 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 hey ad lib now you pay attention now you yeah. go and then it goes back to the line but now you're kind of you set up a little bit taller and you're a little disruptive you know what i mean but in a good way and that is that is what i l- love about acting it's how can I bring truth, fun, spontaneity, and a little disruption? <laughs> and it still works. And when it comes to auditions, when it comes to already being on set, because when, because when you're on set and you're there for the job, you can kind of scope out, okay, what, what, what can fly, what cannot, you know, what can, maybe I can try this, you know, depending on the, the context. You know, yeah. and but you know, and but but 
listen, that's just me. A lot of actors like to play it safe and don't they don't want to ad lib or they don't want to really improv and they want to kind of do the text, which I I respect. I respect that. Mm-hmm. But but if you pay attention, you can sometimes see where there's space. Especially American Horror Stories, which is American Horror Stories is cool because it's considered a drama. But our episode, I don't know about the other episodes. I haven't seen the other episodes, but mm-hmm. our episode, it was pretty. There were there were moments where it's a little whimsical. Yeah, it's, it's fun, especially when it's a group scene, friends. And I love group scenes. I'm I'm you know I'm I'm used to group scenes. You know, with single parents and all that stuff. So, group scenes is where you you got some space. You can you can do a little. You can you can have fun, but yeah. um, it's it's only if you're willing to take the risk mm. of failing and trying something, and someone telling you no, that doesn't work. Let's 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 get back on track. And I think there's just so much noise right now, especially if you're trying to be an actor today, where if you're not taking an opportunity to kind of show what's unique and special about yourself and. Oftentimes that can be shown through good improv and I mean that by those moments that are very surgical where it's not you just every moment throwing in a quip and throw trying to be funny every moment. It's like finding that sweet spot where you're sensing an organic moment like it, 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 it helps the scene and, oh. and, and and it grounds the rest of the scene in truth I feel like because every for it takes everybody away from like okay I memorized these lines and this is the order that they're in it just takes you more into a grounded reality of the conversation yes. so that's it, it it's really helpful and I think that's another way of showing in your auditions what makes you the next kind of person to be brought into these bigger more responsible roles because it's a a big undertaking when any company any network takes a chance on you um in a a bigger capacity and that's what i kind of want to know and obviously you wind up going on to do single parents which i want to talk about which is you know a very big part of kind of uh me getting to see you and the kind of your comedic genius that you have two part two part question here is when did you realize like you were so funny or maybe it was just that you were just so nat- you had a natural understanding of the comedy because it takes a rhythm and an understanding of that. And then also kind of the back part of that question is, you know, you did, uh, um, school spirits. When did like, or did that help in kind of achieving that first like breakthrough role, whether it was a co-star or guest star and like breaking through that kind of, you know, that co-star guest star, uh, or film space, you know, when you're like, okay, I'm really doing this. Ooh. Okay. So uh, for single parents, I think me and my reps were all surprised that my first series regular role was a comedy, Mm -hmm. like a broadcast comedy, because we all, we always thought it was going to be a drama. Cause that's what that's what I did mostly was drama in yeah. New York, um, and even in LA. Like my first few jobs were all dramas, you know. And that's where that's where my strength, I think, still lies in is <laughs> drama. Even though a lot of people think like I I do comedy, I, I like that. I'm good. I'm good at it. Yeah. I, I'm really good at comedy, but I'm better at drama. But people don't know that. Like mm-hmm. people think, like yo, single parents. Oh, he does comedy. He does. He's like he's like a comedy actor. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I'll take it. But because comedy is very difficult. Comedy is so hard. Yes. Um, it's a different muscle, though. Like you're saying, than drama. It's a different muscle. Yes, different muscle, man. I'm telling you, like both. Both. You you have to be truthful and you have to be very specific. But comedy, even more so. Yeah. Even more specific. Like drama, you have space to be a little muddy. You know what I mean? But mm. muddy is not good. <laughs> um, it's got to be sharp. 
Yeah, money's not good. Uh, tempo, rhythm is much more uh, strict in comedy than drama. Yeah. Um, but I was very lucky because in single, the single parent, the writing on single parents is fucking phenomenal. Yeah. It is absolutely magnificent. Like it's, it's, it's elite level writing. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like it's the people that did like um, a new girl. You know, uh, people that were on SNL, like people, uh, Jason, uh, Jason Weiner, who directed our pilot, directed the pilot of Modern Family. He set the tone for Modern Family. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, these are heavy hitters. So, in a way, I was really lucky to have been cast as, a, as one of the leads on a comedy with great writing. If the writing wasn't great, I don't think we'd be sitting here and saying, Jake, you're like really funny. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? I don't know. I don't know. Because I personally never thought I was like super funny as an actor. People always tell, told me, Jake, you're really funny. You should do stand up. Mm. Obviously, I'm not, I'm not going to do that. But they used <laughs> to always say, you were, you're really funny. You should do stand up. Or have you ever thought of doing stand up? And I used to always go, ha ha ha. No, like I'm an actor. Like I'm serious. I'm, I'm an actor. Yeah. But, but so I never thought I was really funny until single parents. That's, but, but I learned so much though. So like I've gotten funnier since since what 2018 yeah but like i guess i i guess i had to be a certain level of funny to get cast in that show like yeah you have you have to be and your character um, was kind of not necessarily to say like you're the comedic characters they're all comedic characters but when you look at like the you know the, the seven characters of comedy or whatever you know your character was getting yeah. a lot of punchlines you were the joke was really like you were they, they were tossing things up to you a lot of the times and you yeah. would hit the home run so yeah. i think that and takes a, a yeah it takes a lot of responsibility and understanding of yourself as a, as a like a comic i know you're not going to call yourself that but it takes that comedic understanding to be like i gotta hit this shit home i gotta hit it just right at the right moment at the right time the right inflection the right tempo to be able to make the scene work because if not if the punchlines fall it sticks out like a sore thumb and every time you did it because i love that show and i think it's one of the honestly we talked about this you know the other day when i saw you i think it's one of the like the newest freshest versions of what everybody loved about all the the kind of staples in comedy like new girl modern family the office it felt really much like that show Dude, that, I mean, man, if we had just another season or two, that, it would have been considered like those like single cam classics like yep. Parks and Rec, Modern Family, and New Girl and Office, uh, in my opinion. But you said something interesting, inflection. Not many people think about inflection when it comes to comedy. Mm. That is so important. Yep. Like, actors don't really think about that shit, bro. Like, trained actors especially... You know what I mean? Yep. Because um, inflection and pitch is different. Yep. So inflect like the way you end words, the way you end a sentence. Yeah. That shit can make something funny or not. Here's an example you know from you because I watched the single parents trailer recently, and it's one of the bits that's in there when you're when he's like, "I haven't had sex in so long," and you go, "I thought this was." He goes, "I thought this was a safe." Uh, space and you go not that safe like you yeah. you have that inflection right at the end and that's what makes that moment so funny in addition to your facial and like your body movement again the marriage of all these different things you're kind of like you have yeah. this like dude like what the fuck in addition to the way you inflected the line it makes it so funny and it's it's that yeah. marriage and understanding you know of all those things and i yeah. 
and as a student of acting, for anybody who is, you know, aspiring to be an actor, you have to like, I'm constantly looking at those moments and those performances for people and saying like, what, what were all the choices that were made to, to make this stand out? And that was one of those moments. Dude, you don't understand how many times I've had to tell some acting friends like, bro, like watch Modern Family, watch Parks and Rec, study it study that shit like yeah. watch what not even single cam sometimes like multi-cam like martin study that shit you know what i mean like, yeah just keep watching watch up don't watch it like oh like with the popcorn and you're like a fan nah man watch like like this yeah because there's a reason why that shit is funny and you as an actor living in let's say you live in la or 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 just anywhere in america there's a lot of comedies that are being made right now right now mm-hmm. right you know for whatever reason and you like if you don't watch and you're not naturally funny and you don't you're not a big whatever name from the comic world you're just gonna be get left behind and 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 you can't complain like well they don't want to cast me in comedy because i'm not funny well well shit then get funnier yeah some people are born with a funny bone yeah that's 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 the truth and some people are not but if you're not then you got to work that much harder to get funnier yeah right and you have to watch like why how did this person deliver this fucking line what was their reaction you know while saying it what what was their reaction when they were not saying anything mm-hmm. you know like you know and 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 like oh man a great book there's this, there's this book called the eight characters of comedy but yep. um but um, I've read it. I read it as a writer, and it's brilliant. It breaks down kind of like, uh, you know, it, it talks about like friends and stuff, and it talks about you know like Joey versus Phoebe because they seem very similar. And one is, uh, well, Joey's character changed in that show anyway, but one is like, uh, you know, the 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 dumb one versus the uh, the I forget what they they call it. that's you know Joey's the dumb one, Phoebe is head in the clouds type of thing like uh, right, uh, right, you know in right. her own in their own world. That's it, you know, and yeah. the love the lovable loser. Right. Yeah. They're clueless in different ways. You know what I mean? Yes. And um, so that that book is great for writers and actors. I love how he kind of goes back and goes, hey, as a writer, this is – and as an actor, this is, you know, that blah, blah, blah. Yep. And, um, you know, so, like, first of all, you can't only watch comedies and just be like, okay, now I'm going to do comedies, right? But, you know, so you apply what you learn um, by watching. But that book talks about – setups and triplets and extended triplets and jokes and you know divert uh, 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 misdirection and and then also like comedy does rely on a lot of the character archetypes more than dramas yeah so you know and that helps you and it's not like oh oh i don't want to play a stereotype no 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 no. you take this archetype so that you can bring your character to life you know what i mean yeah the eight is comedy by scott sadita yeah there you go right there brilliant yeah. books I love that book. Um, yeah. Brad Garrett, who was my castmate, Brad Garrett was my castmate. He he uh, sometimes guest teaches at his studio here in LA. Ah. And, uh, I, think, I think he even uses Brad as an example on Everybody Loves Raymond. Raymond yeah, yeah, and Brad, Robert. you know, he's a comic, you know, king, right? Yep. So, but yeah, man, like understanding the characters that you're that are in comedy are so important mm-hmm. are so important you know what i mean because it because writers do think of those characters when they write and you know it, it, they're very specific and specificity is so 
important. You can't like if you get a comic, you know, comedy audition, you you gotta know how to at least like have an idea of is this person that like super type A, high strong like character that just doesn't know how to have fun and can't relax their asshole. That that makes them funny. Yeah, you know what I mean. But if you if you if the, if that's a character and you play him like a fucking you know like a pothead like hipster, you know I don't know if that's gonna work. Yeah. So you know, it, it, so specificity in you know and archetypes help bring out characters and bring them to life, and that's really important in comedy. And that these are all things that I learned doing. Like I was so lucky. I I learned. I got a fucking i got paid to learn from so many funny people yeah taryn taryn is so fucking funny man yeah i feel like sometimes like when he does scripted stuff it, he doesn't even get to show how funny he really is like what i see on set it'll it, they, they sometimes they have to like edit it out because he's too it's too funny yeah like, taryn is so funny layton and kimry are so funny in their own grounded ways like, but then Kimry and Layton both have their quirks that they it comes out every once in a while. They're so fucking funny, but they're more grounded, right? Mm. And then Brad is just like he he barely has to do anything. He's funny. Yeah. And then and then you got someone like Jason Weiner who directed the first two first the pilot and the second episode. I'm learning so much because he, like there'll be a line where he and where you know I'll say the line and it's I'm talking about something I love, right? So I'll I'll like say it and I'm like. Yeah, I don't know, but I love Patty Jenkins. <laughs> you know what I mean? And then it'll be funny, but Jason Jason will come over and be like, yo, um, that was really good. That was really funny. Hey, try it this time. Try it. Like, matter of fact. Just matter of fact. And so I was like, okay, cool. So Kimry or whoever Layton's character will be like, why do you want to watch Wonder Woman? I don't know. I just love Patty Jenkins. You know what I mean? <laughs> and I'm doing the scene like... In my in one part of my brain, I was like, "Holy fuck, that was funny." Yes. Like, okay, what's my next line? Yeah, 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 sure, sure, sure. You know what I mean? Like sometimes, sometimes you know, you say something matter of factly, and it and it changes. It doesn't change the funny. Yeah. It just changes how it's funny. You know what I mean? Yes, and that takes a good director to to recognize those moments and to give that advice, but it also takes a very good actor to take that note. And internalize it, whether it's like, okay, trust trust that this character, like, if you're saying I like Patty Jenkins, like, they just like this thing, and they're just explaining it, and it's nothing more than that, you know? It, it, to Having all of these elements in place, having someone who's a good guiding, knows how to guide these different ships, because most of these actors who work on comedies, like you said, they are learning on the job. They've worked with other veteran actors, even the people who have been doing this from, you know, the beginning of time. Imagine all these people who got to work with Steve Carell on The Office, you know? The... the it, it's just like you have these gifts given to you and it takes a smart actor to be like, okay, I don't know every single thing here. I'm the shit. I'm going to, you know, show everybody else, but I'm going to, to say, I'm going to be a student and I'm going to capitalize on this thing to be like, I'm getting paid to take master classes. That takes a really strong discipline to, to capitalize on that. Yeah, dude. I, I, I'm just so, I, I was so lucky to, for my first big comedy job like because i've been on comedies before right yeah. like, co-star guest star but most of the time i was like the straight man mm. broad city i was broad city i was like the straight man where alana was just basically flirting with me and i had to react to that um 
you know, I, I, did, I did a few other comedies and it was really mostly like just a straight man. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then this is the first time where I'm like, oh, okay, cool. Like I, 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 I need to be funny. I have to pull my own weight. This is an ensemble. Mm -hmm. And thank God the writing was so uh, awesome and the character was very specific and, and they were very open to help uh, collaborating and crafting the character yeah. and make it more close to me. And um, the 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 thing that I realized and learned, and I think the book helped me too. But I realized this as I was doing single parents. The my character is the dumb one. He's the clueless one. Yep. And and the the trap was like, if you play him dumb, that's the trap. You can't play the dumb character dumb. You have to. He, this dumb character has to believe he's the smartest motherfucker in the world. Yeah. <laughs> and every idea and every idea he has is 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 gold, and it's the best idea that he's anyone's ever had. That's what makes this dumb character funny mm. and dumb. He doesn't he doesn't believe he's dumb. He thinks he's smart. He yes. You know what I mean? It's kind of like what we were talking about in the beginning. You know, you don't play drunk to you don't you know you're you're actually playing against whatever that 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 information is so you play it as if you are brilliant you're smart everything you're saying is uh great it's it's what what is that phrase where it's like uh there's like a, a th like a oh god i can't remember the name of it but there's a saying when someone believes that the smartest person in the room type of thing but that's like when someone yeah. believes that truthfully to the core of their existence right. and they're saying oh, something is it like um, is it like, um a, a fool believes he's wise and the wise believe they're fools or something like that? Something like that, yeah. There's also like a, it's like a, oh God, I can't remember the name. Joe, if you can find it, it's like a saying where uh, this, the dumbest person thinks they're the smartest person. Look, Google that. But anyway, uh, but what I'm trying to say is, is like that marriage of being able to have the confidence to know that what you're saying you think is brilliant, but to everybody else to hear it, because it is so ridiculous from the global community, them to be like, that person truthfully believes this. That's what makes that so yeah. funny. The yeah. smarter you yeah. feel, the dumber you are. Is that what you, the Dunning-Kruger Dunning-Kruger, Dunning-Kruger, that's it. Yeah, yeah. Dunning-Kruger is what it is. Uh, yeah. yeah, and that is such a simple but uh, important secret to playing dumb characters. Don't ever play them dumb. Yeah. Don't ever... They're never thinking, oh, like, because if you think you're dumb, you would never say those things that you're saying. You know what I mean? Great point. Just so, you know, it's a trap. And um, I, thank God I never fell into it because I had, you know, the writing was so great. And also, I just learned early on from working with these people, like, okay, cool, cool. Like, it, you still need to be grounded and, and find the actual truth with the characters and the scenes and the relationships. But the book also helped me out a lot because the book, I think the book did mention like, they don't ever think they're dumb. Like the dumb characters think they're smart. That's why Joey always was like, yo, I have an idea. Yeah. Let's do this. It's gonna make us a million dollars. Like he believed it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it was not a joke. And and people were like, what? Yeah. <laughs> you know, and that's, that's why it's funny, right? Um, and then the reaction that comes out of people being yeah. like, no, what? And they're like, oh. Yeah. You know, and you had that too on that show, and that's why. Oh, 
Absolutely. It was Absolutely. so good. Your your performances yeah. are so great. I really hope to see that that show <laughs> comes back. I, I think it would be oh my gosh, I would love to, to see the show come back. Um I want to I want to talk about cuz I I know when you moved out here, you did the I believe it was like the ABC showcase, right? And that's kind of like what led everything to you getting single parents. Am I saying that correctly? I think I think it had a small part in it. Okay. Um um I mean, until it really mattered, then it was a big part. But uh, so I did the, I, try, I tried out, I auditioned for the ABC Showcase 27, like summer of 2017. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then got a, call, got a call back. And then it was like a mix and match callback where they had like 28 actors in the room and everyone goes in in pairs and you do a, you do like a scene, but you, like the first page and they go okay cool you keep the scene you don't you lose a scene go out and get repaired and that's what's like the whole day yeah eight hours and then you do that again the next time again with a whole group of different actors and then and then they say you got cast so from there you start and then they cast like what 12 people 14 i forget the number but um and then you go to the disney abc uh building in burbank the lot and you meet up with the directors there are three directors and the, each director will get like two or three groups um and you get paired up and then you start they'll give you these scenes that are written from writers from the director's writers program from abc mm-hmm. disney and then <clears throat> you rehearse rehearse for months uh but like obviously like sporadically and um that was a really cool experience because you get assigned a mentor and and the mentor is a casting executive at abc and and you know like executives mm-hmm. right so and i love my mentor um brenda she's now like the svp of casting at abc but <laughs> brenda she's the sweetest but so you, you everyone gets a mentor every group gets a mentor and and then we would rehearse and you know you just see people getting like their partners like swapped out because it's not working something's not working and 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 you know i was like this is fun i, I don't know what the fuck i'm gonna get out of it mm. but this, 2017 i kind of already had a pretty decent resume you know i came from new york like i don't i, I was like i hope this is like not a waste of my time yeah when i realized it wasn't a waste of my time was when we started doing tech at the theater mm. el portal it was like tech week. So it was like a whole week of tech. Um, and all the executives were there, like all of us in in the theater. Like because I didn't really get to meet all the executives like in half time. It was only our mentors. So you get into the theater and then even even the president of casting, Io at the time was Io Davis. Mm-hmm. Io is now like the top, top head dog at um like the whole Disney Plus department. But at the time, it was Io Davis. Even she would come, and you know when Io comes through, you're like, "Oh fuck, that's Io." You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you know, um, and you, and then, but then you start like they're there, like humans, and they're working with us, and you you start rehearsing through the scenes on stage and or in the hallways or you know on in the corner, and you're like, "Oh my god, these people are like our colleagues." They're like friends. They're not casting executives. They're not people who are like above us trying to give us a job. They're they're just regular people there to, to help put on the best show mm-hmm. for the year. You know what I mean? They're stressed. They're going through what they're going through. 
And um, I, that, that's when I realized, oh man, this is cool. Like, this is cool. These are all, these are all the, all the casting executives of ABC. Yeah. Like ABC, like this, like whether it's a studio or the network, like these are the people that are gatekeepers in a way, right? Mm. You want to call that. And you're, and you're going to see them every day for months, like not, not months, like the whole week yeah. or hours and hours and hours because they want you to succeed. They're colleagues. And then, and then, you know, the, 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 the night, the show, the showcase itself, we were packed like El Portal seats, maybe 350, 360. We had like 500 people in attendance and every person was like somebody you can't, you can't be a nobody and get invited. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, and, um, and then I was the one that got the talent deal out of my group in LA. I got a talent deal that helped a lot because basically you get, you get some money, you get a nice chunk of money and, um, ABC is more invested in putting you into a show or a pilot um, uh, for the next pilot season because our showcase was November mm -hmm. and then December, January is pilot season. So they're now, you know, like. And they so, have you like on retainer, right? Is that how it works? Like they basically. Yeah, very yeah. loosely. Yeah. Like if, if I was auditioning for other networks, it wouldn't have been a problem. Now, the only time that would have been my maybe an issue is if if an NBC pilot wanted to test me, yeah, then we would have to let ABC know and ABC would have to be like, either no, because we have a pilot we want to test you for, or yes, because there's nothing that we have for you. Mm -hmm. um, Did you do a comedy scene? Yeah, all, all of our scenes for that year were comedy. Huh. Um, <laughs> I think the next year, they started mixing with drama, uh -huh. but up until our year, 2017, it was, it has always been comedy. Sure. Like a four page, five page scene comedy. Yeah. And thankfully, like our scene was really funny. Yeah. I would like my partner Kunal is funnier than me, I think, um, naturally, but he played like the more grounded character. Mm -hmm. Um, and then my character was like the the messy video game playing like weed smoking slob roommate yeah you know what i mean and um it was so fun to play that because i just don't get to do that often yeah in front of five people you know what i mean and you you know and it was it was fun it was great our scene is probably the best scene you know what i mean like like I, like objectively speaking our scene was like the funniest the best scene Clear, um, i mean clearly i mean if you were the person selected you must have killed it and again it's like i know you don't consider yourself someone who's funny but you have that natural i think affinity to understanding comedy or just being funny i don't know where you learned it or how it developed through you but was that like I, 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 for, I mean, there's a reason why people resonated with that or the, I, all the executives did and said, yeah, that, we want to have this person on a show eventually. Yeah. You know, I guess it was just like the commitment to the story. Mm. Like, what's the story? What, what's the story we're telling? All right. And my character is very committed and intense. So I need to be committed to that. Mm -hmm. And I, I can't play it like I'm in on the joke. Yeah. No, like that that's not funny. You know what I mean? It's just me and my roommate and there's a fucking zombie. We have to kill a zombie <laughs> or else the zombie will eat us. Oh, that's brilliant. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that's the scene. That was literally the scene. Like the like like the roommate walks in on me playing video games. I'm playing video games. I have Pete's on the floor. The zombie starts waking up. 
the roommate sees a zombie and he's going crazy but the i'm playing but right when the zombie wakes up i'm at the part of video game where it gets really intense with like i'm, I'm killing zombies yeah I'm killing zombies in the video game. He's trying to kill a zombie in real life. And I turn around and I go, oh, it's a real zombie. Oh, shit. <laughs> so, I, so he's like trying to like stomp on it. I take an axe and I jump over the couch and I fucking like axe him. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. And then like it ends with like, I forget what the button was where I was like, you want pizza? You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And then that's how it ends. But um, so yeah, man. I, I, and I think after the showcase during pilot season, that pilot season, I was um, auditioning for obviously a lot of ABC stuff. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but I was low-key worried because I was auditioning, 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 not really getting anything, not no real callbacks or anything like that. Um, uh, and then I get an audition for some parents. And, um, you know, my manager and my agent at the time was like, damn. This is one of my favorite pilots of the season out of all the networks. Like, I'm so happy this audition came through. And I was like, oh, okay, no pressure. Cool. All right. And then, so I auditioned for I, I auditioned for it. Um, and then I, and then they go, yo, we want to call him back tomorrow for the producers. <clears throat> and then the, I go in for the producers. It's like the director, Jason jj liz merriweather and you know aaron catherine all of the producers and seth the casting director you go in i have two scenes i do the scene the first scene and you know you hear a couple of like snickers like mm. you know and like but none of them really like laugh laugh and they're like all right next scene no adjustments next scene no notes all right cool and do the second scene and they're like <laughs> you know they like they don't laugh but they kind of like sort of yeah like chuckle. and i was like and they're like, all right, cool, thank you. And I was like, all right, cool, thanks, guys, bye. And I leave, and I'm like, I'm not getting that. Yeah. And then, you know, like, the next day or the, or that night or the next day, my manager texts me, and he's like, you're, you're testing for single parents. And I was like, oh, shit, okay, cool. Like, I did not think that was going to happen. Yeah. Because they didn't really have any notes. It, was, it just didn't feel like they really wanted me, but... You know, I guess that's always just different with everyone. And then, um, but I didn't know that the audition came in because one of the execs, Emily at ABC, Emily Desotel, I love her, they were having trouble casting that role for like a week or two. So Emily calls Seth, the casting director, and was like, yo, you got to see my boy Jake, who just did this showcase. He's, He's actually really good for this role. So that's why Seth called me, because because he didn't know who I was, and they weren't really they weren't really seeing Asian actors for that role. Mm. Like maybe one, maybe one, other one. So there was no reason why I would have got called in, right? If yeah. my agent submitted me. So Emily was like, "Yo," to her to their casting director that they hired, like like Jake should be for this. So when I went in, I never met Seth. Seth was like, "Hey, nice to meet you," you know. And when I did the pre-read with him, he's, he's, cause he has a reader. So he's standing in front of the laptop looking at my scene and he's just like smiling. He's like, cause I think at that point they've been looking for a while. Yeah. And you just see him going, this makes sense. It's right. Yeah. And then he had a note 
um, which is a great note. He was like, let's play it even less multi-cammy, even more grounded. Mm. And I was like, all right, cool. And, I, and then I did it. He's like, you know? And then, yeah. so I go to Fox to test. Um, and the test is a, it's a screen test. So it's basically the same thing as a producer session. It's just a five of them with Seth in a small room. And that was when they were like giving all the notes. Mm. I was in there for an hour. Um, and they were like, yo, here, cause they gave me a third scene. So he, let's do these three scenes. And they were like, we, let's do it again. And here's, here's a couple of notes. Boom, 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 boom. Here, do this, do that, da, 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 da. And they're like, you got it? And I was like, let me just, let me just, cause that's like, that's like 17 notes. So let me just, <laughs> so I was like, you want me to say this, but like in this intention and then here, take that beat and then here, say it quicker. And then, and they're like, yeah, mm-hmm. all right. So we did it. And they're like, okay, good, good. Let's, let's do it again, but even tight, da, 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 da. Cause we want to send the best take of each scene, only one take of each scene to the studio. Mm-hmm. But we want to make it count. And I was like, yeah, all right, cool. So we, I was in there for like an hour and it was me and two other guys that were testing that day for the studio. And then um, that night, I get a text from my manager and he goes, yo, studio approved you. Now your tapes are going to the network. So it's Fox for ABC. So, and then the next day they were like, hey, uh, ABC has notes for you. So you have to go back to Fox and retape the, 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 the scenes that they want you to be taped. And it's down it's down to you and some other guy and they and they have notes for both of you guys so i go back to fox the next day and, and then the same same thing and the producers are like hey man sorry that you're here they just want more heart in in this scene um and that's it and i was like okay so we did it and i was out in like 15 minutes i think it was like one or two scenes and they were like yo we, i think we got it you know and then, um, so I go home and I think that it was between me and one other guy. I think that was when probably the showcase helped. The showcase helped in the very, very beginning, getting me the audition, obviously. And I think at the end, they were like, yo, who should we choose? Jake Choi or this guy? And they were like, well, we know Jake. We know him. The other guy's just as funny, maybe even funnier who knows but jake is the guy and we know him yeah and we have this down deal with him so so and i think that's when it helped a little bit that they were like let's go with him and they also just knew you because they had seen how funny you can be i feel like too yeah. like that yeah. that sign off was there my gosh yeah. what a story my gosh what how yeah. how terrifying that whole well was it terrifying or was it exciting that whole experience both yeah both, both. yeah i remember waiting because when you go to test at fox um pre-pandemic there is a certain waiting area and when you wait there they have all these tvs there and they have all these posters of like modern family new girl arrested development and everything that came through fox the studio or the network and then you and then right in front of you under tvs are all the emmys yeah you know and you're like sitting there with the other actors and the, on the second time for the notes test there were actresses that were there that were um testing for the role of poppy 
So you're like, and, and people are walking by you all the time, like just the, the people that work there. And then, and then every once in a while, the elevator goes ding, and then you see some like famous person walk out, like an actor. Mm-hmm. And then an executive goes and goes, oh, hi, whoever, you know, come here. Like, we want to, and you're like, holy shit. Yeah. So everything that can psych you out can is there. Yeah. And, and then you're thinking like, I wonder how many, I wonder if like that guy from New Girl like sat here to test, you know what I mean? Like yeah. probably sat right here. And then, you know, so, and my, I remember my palms are sweaty, like Eminem. Knees weak. <laughs> palms sweat, yeah. man. Like, and my sides, it, they were getting soaked because I was holding them going over my lines and, and like the sides were like soaked. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, yeah. You go in, you do the thing and you're like, wow, okay, like. That's it. And you know what's you know what's so crazy to me is that that area and those offices, those cubicles that were surrounding that that area, we shot there for single parents. Wow. A few, and so and that because that was Layton Layton's character's office. Yeah. Law firm. So I remember going up, and I remember like going up in a back way, back entrance, you know, and going to set, and I was like, oh. And I remember telling like the director and and Aaron, our uh, producer, and then Layton, because Layton didn't have to audition for this. And I was like, yo, this is where I sat to wait to test for this two years ago. And then the producer, and then Aaron was like, oh my God, you're right. You're right. And that was the room you went into when that we were waiting for you. And I was like, yeah. I was like, holy shit. And like, you know, like I was just telling some other people, Man, I this is the room that I tested him to get the show. How surreal! How full circle! What was, what, so what was the feeling the moment you got that the phone call where they said you got it? Like what was that? What was that whole? Oh man, um, I I think I was feeling pretty agitated that day because I had just I was coming back from an audition mm. and uh, for another for like an ABC pilot. And that and the audition didn't go too well. Uh, the notes were really weird, and I just didn't like it. So I left, and I was taking the bus back, like the public transport. Yeah. I was like, I'm not driving yet. I was taking the bus, and I was like, man, that sucked. You know what I mean? That was bad. Not like like my performance was probably not good, but then the notes that they were giving was just really like one note, like very just. I didn't like it because it made the character just come off so one note. Yeah. And I remember thinking about that. I was like, man, I don't want that show anyway. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, if the character's going to be so fucking one note, I don't want that fucking pile. Anyway, I would have done it. Yeah. I would have done it. <laughs> yeah. And then I'm on the bus, man. I'm on the bus and I'm about to get off. And then I get a call from my, um, I get a call from my manager and he goes, Hey, uh, just wanted to um, call you uh, about that last audition. You know what I mean? And I was like, oh, yeah, what about it? And they were like, oh, what happened? And I was like, like, that's not going anywhere. And, and then they were like, oh, okay, well, let me just let me just patch in um, your agent and we can talk about it. And I was like, all right. And then my agent goes, um, hey, Jake, whoa, whoa, it's loud. Where are you? And I was like, oh, I'm on the bus right now. I'm going home. And he was like, oh, okay, well, uh, you sound pretty down, but how do you feel about being a TV star? <laughs> 
And I was like, what are you talking about? And then my manager was like, you heard him. How does it feel like to be a TV star? And I was like, single parents? And he's like, and they were like, yeah, yeah, you got it. And, and I remember I started crying. I started crying. And then, I, you know, and there's this fucking high school kid in front of me. It was like, <laughs> oh, what the fuck is up with this guy? You know what I mean? Like, well, he just started crying out of nowhere. Yeah. And, um, and then I got off. The, the bus and I was walking and um, they were like yeah I, I couldn't even walk I had to stop and be like for real and they were like yeah man they, they, the offer came in um, they want you for Miggy uh, we're gonna now like go like nego- uh, oh no the negotiation already happened because it's a test like before a test happens and they're like yeah man like you're 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 gonna be in, on the single parents pilot like you're you're it and and then, and then ABC, my execs and my mentors calling me. So I, I picked, I picked up. They're like, oh my god, you know, happy, you know, congratulations, da da da. And Io was there too, and calling. And then afterwards, JJ, the showrunner, calls with Jason Weiner and everyone. And yeah, man, that's 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 how I found out. How surreal! My gosh! Mm-hmm. Oh my yeah. gosh! How yeah. uh, that's. <laughs> It's so wonderful to to hear that story just because I know how much hard work you put in for those, you know, how long you were in New York kind of showing up to each guest star doing movies. Like I remember seeing you in front cover and that's another moment where I was like, this person has got the fucking goods. This person knows how to act. They they are like, I just kept waiting for that moment for you to happen where like, obviously you're having these successful moments happen to you showing up on show after show after show. And I'm watching you closely because there's someone I'm like looking towards like, and I remember even like right before I moved to. LA I was like when I came out I'm just like trying to like see what this person's doing I remember having these conversations about the showcase before even the single parents thing happened and I remember you telling me you're taking the bus like you're like yeah man I'm just trying to make this shit work out here and to see like everything everything. see everything come to fruition I couldn't have been more happy for you and it couldn't have felt like more of like just like the right thing not because of just how talented you are that's a huge part of it of course but more because how much hard work and how how journeyman you were and how much you know how how much work you had put in to get to where you were and to see you constantly flourish has been like just it just makes me so happy i love when i see people who are good people and are actually talented who deserve these moments like the people who actually like it makes me actually like emotional think about it like the people who deserve it there's a lot of people out here you know who are acting who don't deserve it who they get a lucky shot one way or another they know somebody whatever it is but they didn't go through the trenches they didn't go through those hard times of you know having no money and just taking whatever classes you can pay for at the time so to hear this for you it's just so nice and i think everybody listening my gosh what a story and it it just it makes you feel like it's possible you know it makes you feel like you know you if you can take good direction it sounds like that's a big part of it if you can take the direction you know i remember like the first the first go at the scene during a test right mm -hmm. the first literal like go jason weiner goes Okay, cool. That was good. Um, so I think uh, here, do this, and then here, make this quicker than here. That, and then you see JJ, the showrunner, go, oh, and um, here at the end, maybe, you know, we can end it, and then you, maybe you can add this. Mm-hmm. Just add this to line. And then here, you know, a little more, a little bit more like you love, you love this woman, right? And then Liz Merriweather goes, oh, 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 and I have an idea. Here, for one like yeah. two three page scene that was and and so i was like 
okay 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 um so and then i read it back to them i read all the notes back to them and they were like yeah 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 and i was like all right and you gotta take right. it like that you gotta you gotta and, internalize and, it all you can't take 10 minutes you gotta do it in literally like 30 seconds or you gotta like be like okay cool yeah but and it helps when you read it back to them because then you retain it a little bit better mm -hmm. oh okay cool so yeah shit i'm doing it but then but then the reason why it's it was I was able to apply the notes was because I prepped it so much. I worked on it for hours and hours and hours and hours the night before to the point where I had friends over reading it with mm -hmm. me. Three friends over reading with me and they were like, Jake, we got to go home. Man. It's, like, <laughs> it's like 2 a.m. And I was like, wait, 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 wait. Let's just, let's just go over a couple more times. Yeah. You know what I mean? They're like, like, come on, like we got to get home. And I was like, hold on. But I think what are some other ways we can do it? What are some possible adjustments yeah. that they can come up with? And then, and then the friends were like, well, this could be a, a possible adjustment. And then we tried it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And I was like, and dude, we were there for like hours, five, six hours, just reading it, reading it, reading, going over it and talking about it, going over it. You know, just and just being like, well, this that could be funny. Yeah. Oh, yeah, well, this could be funny. You know, until they didn't want to be there anymore. Yeah. Until they didn't want to read with me anymore, and I was like, okay, cool. And then they left, and I and I kept going. <laughs> so I knew it so well. I knew the the words and the moments so well that when Jason and JJ and Liz and everyone was like giving me notes, I was like, cool, like, right. I, I wouldn't drop the line. Yeah. I knew them so well it, because there's a million ways to skin a cat. You know what I mean? I'm so sorry. Yeah. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Sasuke. <laughs> this is a Sasuke shit, dude. I know. I love it, dude. But, you know, it's, it's an old Southern saying. But, um, you know, there's a million ways to do one thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? So as long as you know what the thing is. So, like, if, if you know the words and they go, try this way, try this way, try, try this way, try this way, try this whole totally different way. Yeah. You go, oh, I can do it. And you have the confidence and you have the, you've done the homework to, to be able to kind of let all the emotional baggage go that you might have going into it. Just be like, okay, I got to focus on what they're asking me. I don't have to worry about memorizing that moment or figuring out how to transition into it. you've done you literally you you test drove every situation that you can be in and not everybody was going to do that i guarantee you not even 95 percent of the people did that um and it just just being able to be confident to to confidently make those choices and adjustments i think is a hard task to pull off so kudos to you and i i'm so happy it's brought you to to where you are and it, it's just been such an honor to like see that and to you know to have to, to be able to call you a friend and to see somebody like do it it's like it's so amazing and i and i champion people so much that are, are good humble people and i and, and you're one of those people so it just makes me so happy and to see you continuously su succeed and we'll talk about that in a second but we i want to let you go out here in a minute we do have we ask people to uh, our audiences our fans to to write in questions and we pick one of the questions and joe has a question for you if you want to just read that in for us real quick for jake yeah yeah, um, so this question comes from Katrina R, and she says, Hi, Jake. I remember you from Broad City, and I knew you were going to be big. What was it like working with Abby and Alana? Did they let you improv at all? Uh, good question. Yeah, um, thank, you for the, thank you for the love and the question. Um, uh, so um, Abby wasn't in that scene, so she was in the back in the video village. Um, but what was really cool about that experience was 
first of all, Elana and Abby are very, very humble and down to earth. They were, because it was very, it was a, we were shooting that in the summer. And the space, the office space that Alana's character works at doesn't really have AC. So it was really hot <laughs> that day. And you just see Abby and Alana going from castmate to castmate, background principal, fanning people, and going, do you need anything? Let us know. Um, that was really good to see because they're, they didn't have to do that. But so we would get the takes first of what's scripted always always first and foremost what's scripted we got those takes and when the director and abby and alana were happy we would try takes where we can go kind of like off-road and um ad-lib and improv a little bit uh mainly led by alana and what was really cool was abby would just shout like ideas to Alana, to Alana, like, uh, for example, if in the scene, Alana walks into the office guiding us, like the interns, um, if she didn't have a line, uh, or if she had a, a, a scripted line, Abby would just shout from Video Village and go, Alana, uh, pick your booger while you're saying that line on this one when you're coming in. And Alana would be like, Okay. All right. I'll make my booger. And then she would do that. And then, and then, and then the next take, she'll be like, "Hey, actually, instead of this joke, say this one." And you know, it'd be really funny. And then Alana would be like, "All right, let's try that." <laughs> and then you know, Alana would kind of go off and do her own thing, and we would react to that. So yeah, there was a decent num- uh, amount of improv, but it wasn't to the point where it was overwhelming or distracting oh sure 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 well this has been fantastic jake thank you so much for joining us we have one final thing that we ask everybody who comes on the show uh as the nature of the show is called points of experience this doesn't have to be something related to acting it can be it could be literally any experience you've had in your life that was memorable to you a piece of advice or an experience that you'd like to share that really influenced you helped you changed you made you look at things differently you know maybe you you met somebody at the beach and they told you you know keep your feet on the ground reach for the stars any type of thing that in your life oh has always stood out to be a memorable experience to you that might help somebody um either pursuing this career or just getting through life is there a moment that sticks out to you as something that you feel like people would uh love to hear that we haven't talked about yet <coughs> um i uh let's see this was in 2012 i was bartending a lot to 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 you know pay bills and stuff like that in between trying to get acting jobs and uh it was getting to the point where i would bartend like five six days a week it was i was bartending a lot and i was making a lot of money and um i got this like side gig translating for a big korean actor that was coming that came to new york to shoot like a segment on a variety like a very famous korean variety show so his name is Gio. Oh, uh, uh, Jiho. Oh, that's his. That's his name. Mm-hmm. But I was a translator, so we hung out for like two, three days. Tra- like now, I was translating. We, we were hanging out. We would hang out and talk and da da da. And you know, obviously, he's like a big actor. I'm starting out, and um, we got pretty tight. Like at first, he was very like standoffish, but he, we got pretty tight. Yeah, and then so many years later, we 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 reconnect. And anyways, so uh, long story short, 
at the end of our like uh job at the end of the job uh i was we we i guess we went out to dinner as a big group and you know he was like so what's going on like you're an actor you know and uh and you know we were talking about acting that whole night he was like the reason why i love doing theaters because i get to play all these different characters that i can never play in tv film because you get sort of boxed in and theater doesn't theater allows you to like play really interesting characters and i said yeah i agree da, da, da. that's you know i'm trying i'm trying to work like you you know <clears throat> and he was like so what are you doing these days and i said well you know i'm not really doing much um i'm kind of like just working a lot i bartend a lot i'm going to bartend now after this and, you know i'm just trying to make a lot of money so i can like you know save and um um uh pay my bills and basically just make money and 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 that's all i want to do and, 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 and um, on top of like auditioning and stuff like that but i don't know it's not really working out and he was like uh this might sound cliche but don't worry about the money too much you know like just just make enough just just so that you can get by but put your energy and your resources and your money into what you love you love mm -hmm. acting like then you really have to mean it you have to act on it you can't just say you love acting and talk about it you know um and whatever that means to you i'm not saying how you how to spend your money on your time but really find the joy because i was losing the joy of acting because of the career aspect mm -hmm. and you know when you when you're an actor and you can't act or perform you feel like you're like less than everybody else yeah he was like don't worry about the money if you really enjoy doing what you're doing and you love it and you do everything to uh do that the money will come I guarantee, I promise you. And you know, Gio, he comes from poverty. Mm -hmm. So for him to say that, it, it, you know, it, it means a lot. And so he was like, trust me, trust me, it'll come. Yeah. And, said, and, and I was like, all right. It just, it's just hard to hear this, but all right. You know what I mean? And he was yeah. like, I know, I know, but that's, that's, that's the one thing I want to say to you before I leave. And I was like, all right. So that next day, I cut out like half my shifts. I was like, cool. I cut out half my shifts and I was like, I'll, I'll make less money, but I want to, you know, take certain classes. Maybe you remember one-on-one -on -one studios, yeah. maybe like invest in like a two week class with like a casting director that, that I like. Um, let me watch more shows. Let me go read, you know what I mean? Let me yeah. connect with more actors that I really want to, you know, da, da, da. And, um, so, and that was the end of 2012. A few months later, sure enough, I book my first SAG national commercial and it happens to be the Best Buy Super Bowl commercial with Amy Poehler, which was a big game changer for me, at least when it comes to like commercials and like certain cast and directors knowing who I am. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that led to another national, which led to like, I got like three, like a string of three nationals, like within six months, which never happened. I never, for I, I was auditioning for national for two years. Yeah. Never get any of it. Not even getting close. I, was, I got close to a few, but not. And then I just got boom, bang, like bing, bang, boom. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. and, then, and then 2013 was when I did front cover, and 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 front cover was cast by the legendary Donna Dacetta. Mm -hmm. uh, Donna, big commercial casting director. 
So after Best Buy, she was like, yo, like she finally recognized who I was and was like, I want, I want you to do this IBM commercial with Joe Pitka directing. And so, and then she was like, I also want you to audition for this thing called Front Cover. You know what I mean? And so, and I remember thinking like, man, it, is this what Gio meant? When he told me like, it, it couldn't have came true so quickly, right? Like, but, but, but I was willing to foolishly take his advice and act on it the next day. Wow. I, I, when he told me like, yo, like don't worry about money. I could have easily been like, yeah, I'll ease into it. Nope. I'm one of those people that like, if I, if I want to cut something out yep. tomorrow, I cut it out tomorrow. So I went cold Turkey and, and that's why, you know, I, it's a good thing I was a fool and I said cool I'll just believe you and I'll do that and I'll do that tomorrow I literally cut out my bar and and I didn't really have to bartend too much after that because um, invest, coming in, right? investing in yourself and trusting yourself taking the chance on yourself especially in this career is so important and mm -hmm. if you don't do it for yourself it's going to be hard for anybody else to do it for you because if you're consuming all your life with these other things how can you give the time and dedication it takes to compete with the tens of thousands of other people trying to do exactly what you're doing in something that is not a meritocracy where just because you're the most talented doesn't mean you're going to get the job. You have to keep consuming your life to get any leg up that you can. And that's right. a beautiful kind of story and a lesson I think for us to end on here with for our listeners. That was, uh, gosh, amazing. Jake, uh, Anything else people should keep a, their eyes out coming up? Anything coming out soon or just came out recently that people can watch? Uh, what should people tune into? Um, I think Universal has been really fucking quiet about this, but um, I'm, um, I did a movie called R.I.P.D. 2, which is a sequel to the first R.I.P.D., uh, and that should be coming out on Netflix this fall. Uh huh. I don't know when exactly because <laughs> they're being so hush hush about it yeah um, but that should be coming out on netflix very soon and Amazing. it's gonna be really good it's gonna be really good dude yeah. I'm, I'm so excited uh jake everybody jake Choi, thank you so much for doing this i'm so happy to see you let's hang out again soon please please uh, yeah. and uh yeah. well i'll bring all my uh my naruto <laughs> funko pops i'll have to oh, dude. <laughs> okay, I got, dude i got a couple i got a couple yeah, they're yeah, all yeah. over here man i got this oh, and this whole Oh. All right, but I'm going to show you my favorite one, though, okay? I'm going to show you my favorite one. Yeah. This is my favorite one. This is, and then we'll end on this. This is my favorite one. Oh, my God. <laughs> not, not the sexy no jutsu. <laughs> no, my friend got me that for my birthday a few years ago. The same one who I told from the beginning of the story here that I told to. He was, like, in a funk, and he was, like, started watching Naruto. He got me that for my birthday, and that's just how much it, it like, uh, um, it had an impact on him, but dude, he went from being in a funk to getting you a Funko. Yeah, <laughs> amazing, dude. Everybody, Jake, thank you so much for doing this. Uh, I'll see you, you real soon. Absolutely. Jake Choi, Jake Choi. Ah, uh, God, I'm so happy he did this with us. It's been uh, like I moved out here and I saw I saw him right before I moved out here in 2019 and I hadn't seen him since then. So almost three years it was since I got to see Jake and he is just such a genuinely hysterical human being and 
if you haven't seen his show, Single Parents, you are doing yourself a disservice. It is one of the funniest shows that has ever been on television, single camera comedy style. Like, I, I have you seen the show, Joe? I've I I adored it. No, I will I will put that on my list. But I've seen him in. Uh, I watched Broad City. I watched me and uh, me and Sam watched every episode of Broad City. So seeing uh-huh. him was just like, oh man, that's awesome. <laughs> I mean, I, I thought that was a pretty wholesome episode. I felt like I was kind of eating warm soup the entire time. Mm. How wholesome it was! What a good analogy. I like that. Yeah, that's what I, I felt like. Right. What I was saying to him afterwards was, I, we haven't had someone really talk about that kind of actor going through the pilot experience and getting cast on like a hit network show like to have him discuss that i'm so glad we got to those moments yeah because it's a very unique experience that not many actors ever get to experience and to see him get it i couldn't be more happy for someone who's more deserving and he he's got the goods he's he's a genuine humble human being um i got to work with him when i did my show like with brock he played one of my main characters Bo, on my show and he yeah. was absolutely hysterical like again another person who was just writing for himself like he in his improvs in what he brought to the character he absolutely killed it and again doing like a a no money budget web series thing to me being able to pay him a little bit of money i had to fly him out from la at the time but i knew i wanted him he was just so good and so funny um he's one of the funniest people and most talented actors i've ever met and i'm just i i can't wait to see him get even bigger because i feel like it's still just the beginning for him Which is crazy. He's done so much. I mean, just check out his IMDb, and he's just done uh, so much stuff. He's been in every show you've probably seen before. Um, And he's been very generous to me as a a human being, and I I appreciate that because I've said it during the show, but I really look to him for a lot of moments uh, to, to kind of be like that guiding, like, okay, this person's doing this. This is what I should be doing, too. And I feel like he kind of carved a, a little bit of path that I was able to like get into the groove behind him for a lot of things. Um, I remember I yeah. applied for the ABC showcase. I didn't get in, but <laughs> <laughs> it's even more of a reason for anybody listening here. Like, you know, check out these programs, check out the showcase things. Cause they, all the networks have them. Ali's done it as a writer. You know, you can find these programs that these big networks have. And if you can get in to one, that can be a catalyst for you to, to start a career. So what a great episode. Yeah, I mean, uh, I it was kind of even crazier for me, like, obviously with no acting background, to hear him talk about, you know, how to sip tea. Like, there's 40 different emotions that you could, you know, that are important to know before you even act out something as simple as that, which kind of blew my mind a little bit. Mm-hmm. And uh, now I kind of see the big picture of what, what you guys go through when you uh when you're working yeah <laughs> that's a lot of a lot of like when you watch a show you're not thinking like oh they're acting and like that must be hard you're just yeah. watching the show yeah you're just getting entertained you have no idea what is behind all that mm-hmm. so it's funny because i guess when you're in this life so much you just kind of take that as a given but i guess for somebody who's not in this life you yeah you you aren't seeing all the hard work and the mechanics that go into behind the scenes just to even get to that point where you're seamlessly playing a character but jake is uh one of the best examples i could could give you guys listeners here of what to do how to do it how it's possible but you know you can start from being kind of a nobody in the streets of queens 
uh, and you can you can make it even coming from you know he was doing sports so i hope this was a good episode informative for y'all um please leave a review if you can on apple podcasts and we'll we'll see you on the next one this has been a a real treat to talk to these people episode 20 right here with jake Choi. it's crazy episode 20 give it up give it up give it up thank you all for tuning in and being with us but uh yeah all right on to the next one joe